0: Hello, Hoops and Cards Nation and friends. Hey guys, I'm excited for today's podcast. I've been a fan and member of Sports Card Investor for quite a while and grateful for their resources, their look at the hobby, their regular podcast is fantastic. And so today we get the privilege of just a conversation with Amber, uh, who is every Thursday doing the forecast along with Jeff Wilson there. And Amber is a sports personality in Miami, part of a, a co-hosting a show every day from 10 to two there in Miami. So a lot of background information about the last year in the hobby and the NBA, certainly with the focus on the Miami heat. I, I loved getting the chance to to talk with her because I'm in the Midwest we Cavaliers, Milwaukee, you know, the Bulls, and, uh, and to see Miami add Oladipo and to have all these young guys like Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, KZ Oakpala, and of course, Donovan, no wait, Duncan Robinson. I, I, I'm always thinking about Donovan Mitchell. Anyway, Duncan Robinson. My point is, guys, welcome to a fantastic podcast episode with Amber from Sports Card Investor. Let's do it. Hoops and Cards, so excited to welcome Amber from Sports Card Investor to our podcast today. Excited, Amber, to hear your story as a huge NBA fan and sports personality in Miami, big fan of the Heat, so we hear, right? But welcome to Hoops and Cards. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. Definitely a big Heat fan. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, I have been a fan of yours and Jeff's and everybody at Sports Cards Investor for probably the last 15 months. Love what you guys are doing to not just give resources like market movers, but just encouragement, your upbeat attitudes and the just the relentless voice of reason in a hobby that's been pretty insane in pandemic land. And uh, you know, I thought about uh picking your brain on how did you even get into this? Like getting into if you could share maybe a bit how you got into first of all sports card investor.
1: Well, yeah, I'll start. I'll start even a little bit before that because I host a sports radio show down in Miami. It's a flagship station of the Miami Heat, so there you go. Now you know why I'm such right. a big Heat fan. But I was before I worked there as well, and I have been in broadcasting for for a bunch of years. I was on television for many years before that, all around, and so I've always been, you know, in broadcast in front of a mic um, mm-hmm. and often in front of a camera as well. And a few years ago, my brother, who is Jeff, you know, Jeff's my brother and he started sports card investor. And a few years ago, my brother was starting to get really back into sports cards. And it's like so many of us, right? Where you're super into it when you're a kid. And then a lot of people, your attention turned elsewhere as you were, you know, growing up, going through adolescence, going through your twenties, whatever. And then and we all know in these last five years, our attentions turned back towards this hobby that is somewhat, I think, a labor of love and and has a lot to do with nostalgia as well from our childhood. And that's exactly what happened with Jeff. And so he started talking to me a few years ago and he's like, you know, I'm really getting back into this, these sports cards and I'm going to these conventions and he's talking to me about the hobby and kind of how it's heating up. and. <laughs> And he started collecting more and more again. And at first, when he mentioned it to me, I thought it was funny because I'm like, sports cards? You know, where has that been uh-huh. for a while? I haven't heard you talk about that. And for those of you who don't know, I, you know, and I don't want to provide too much information about Jeff, but he's got other like huge companies that he oh, yeah. has been the CEO of and that he's, you know, he's a big time entrepreneur. And so that's been his thing. And sports cards was not supposed to be that. It was just something he was doing you know, a few years ago on the side himself. Mm-hmm. So, And so we would talk about it when we'd hang out and get together. And, and he started saying to me probably about two years ago, right before sports card investor launch, he, he said to me, Hey, would you ever be interested in doing some video content and some shows on sports cards? And so that's kind of where the conversation began because I had obviously this background in broadcasting and that's what I did for a Mm -hmm. living. And so that's where the conversation started. And at first, I was a little skeptical because I thought, "Where? Who's gonna watch that?" You know, if I if I'm just out there in YouTube, <laughs> right. and, and it's funny because kids love YouTube, and I know I sound so old right now, but I know kids in in twenty somethings love YouTube. I'm a thirty something, and I don't fully. Yep understand the whole YouTube craze. I I'm like on the back end of it, I think. And so when we first started talking about doing YouTube videos, I thought YouTube, what, what is YouTube, you know, <laughs> but YouTube <laughs> really? is everything to, to anybody, especially under the age of 30, but uh, you know, now it's any everything to everybody. And so that was where the conversation began. Hey, maybe we should start talking about the hobby and where it's going and the value of these cards and Jeff noticed that nobody was really doing that out there in in a way that was Mm -hmm. really helpful to investors he was having a really hard time he didn't do it because he wanted to start some company with sports cars he originally did it because he loved it it was what he really enjoyed and he was having a really hard time finding the information and so we Mm -hmm. started having these conversations and credit to him he ran with it he started sports card investor he hired an amazing team i mean it was just him at first doing these youtube videos and sharing the information and it just grew and grew and he's got an incredible team over there uh, it has been unbelievable the market movers app is like nothing else in the industry it has been so so helpful and so my involvement in it has definitely been uh i don't know is nepotism the right word when it's your brother i don't know but it's like that you know or it's like all right there's a family connection there i'm transparent about that but also I've all I have the sports of course background so it makes sense and the broadcasting background and I was there for all the the sports card craze when we were growing up as kids together I remember it very well I won't say that I was as into it as he was my brother was definitely a lot more into (laughs) it but I remember it very well and and here we are with it and now it is such an incredible hot I mean it is unbelievable right now what's happened and I, it's, you, you mentioned it, I mean, the, where yeah. it's gone with the pandemic and just where the hobby's gone in the last year. And not that any of us wants to say anything positive about the pandemic. Cause of course we all wish that circumstances were different, but sure. certainly in the hobby game, it has, I guess, given people an opportunity to sort of really focus on this hobby when we're all yeah. sitting at home and it's been a really cool outlet for people. So it's been really exciting. And I, I love my involvement with sports card investor.
0: Yeah, boy, boy, the timing and then the response like globally to this thing. And, And you're right, YouTube. I didn't realize it was such a big deal. And now we have three teenagers that love watching YouTube streamers. They'll watch it nonstop. But like you just mentioned, when the pandemic hit, I remember like the NBA postponed, like baseball, Major League Baseball, March Madness getting canceled. And so after about a month of this thing, I remember like how much I was looking forward to Jeff's live stream like that he was doing for members and the giveaways and things um but but yeah just the the excitement and energy around the hobby over the last year and how I don't know how long this is sustainable but you can tell that you love it and like when you host the the forecast each week i think that's so cool looking at like uh, you know like four cards and are they buy sell or hold and that kind of thing like have you got into buying and selling yourself or is it mostly like yeah i'm i'm the pr person adding some some more personality to this thing and heart, you know?
1: So I like card breaks more than necessarily like the actual, like buying, you know, individual cards from an investment perspective. My husband loves it all and he's super obsessed. (laughs) It's funny because it's become this like family business or this family thing. I mean, my husband's not involved in the business in any way, but it's become this family Mm -hmm. obsession, this family hobby. So when we all get together, we were all together for Thanksgiving, you know, we get together for obviously most every holiday isn't a bunch in between, you know, my brother and I are super close, but when we were all together for Thanksgiving and it was my brother and his family and me and my family, we had all rented a house together and we did Thanksgiving Card breaks. So and we did a card break on my brother's birthday because it's right around Thanksgiving. That's awesome. And then Christmas, <laughs> cool. when we got together uh, up at my brother's, we did the same thing. We did Christmas card breaks on Christmas with just us. You know, we didn't film oh, it, it wasn't for public consumption but where we would exchange card boxes and we'd break them and see what we each have and just get super excited about it. So we do nerdy stuff like that as a family. It's a lot of fun. And yeah. I definitely participate in all of that. My husband's an avid collector now. He's driving me crazy with, he go, <laughs> he'll go right now. Like one of his favorite things to do right now is to find people selling entire card collections on eBay and then bringing them home. And then he's going through, but the problem with it right now is also, we're trying to move our houses on the market. And so it's like thousands of cards everywhere. Like, What do we do? Where are we putting these? You know, and so we go through all of them and they're all over the floor in the office and we're, we're going through every (laughs) single individual card. And so it's it's a combat for us. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's been, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun, like it is for everybody. So not only is it a good market where obviously you can make some money and make some good investments, but it's just yeah. also a lot of fun, which makes it so much more enjoyable. Cause I don't know of an, you know, I don't know if investing in stocks or investing in other things is, is it's not, it doesn't have this nostalgia factor as much. It's not quite as fun right. as say sports cards.
0: Especially when you're a lifelong sports fan. And like you really enjoy the game, and you—I that's been the thing getting me back into it. I love the NBA, and uh my son loves basketball. So we'll watch breaks together, or we'll rip. Like we we can't afford to get into too much wax, but it's a blast when we do. And mm-hmm. uh, and so that's really cool to hear about your family being all in. Are all of you guys Miami Heat fans, or is that just
1: no? That's just your thing. That's okay. a me thing. I grew, You know, I, I grew up, uh, Jeff and I grew up in Sarasota, Florida. And in Sarasota, I mean, the closest NBA team is the Magic, but nobody really cares about the Magic in Sarasota. It's a little far removed. You're, uh, you know, still a few hours away from yeah. Orlando. Sarasota is by Tampa. It's about 45 minutes south of Tampa. Okay. So, you know, you would have, you'd adopt the Tampa teams, but other than the Raptors, until this year, the T- yeah, Tampa right. Bay didn't have an NBA team. So, uh, so the NBA really wasn't, something i was tuned into growing up and i know jeff wasn't either uh, we oh, okay. were s- huge football fans huge football fans growing up college yeah. football was life for us when we were both growing up uh gators football specifically right. we went to all the gators games we could growing up from the time we were tiny tots Wait But a minute. were
0: you big urban meyer fans of
1: course huge urban meyer because... steve spurrier all of it yeah. this is Yes. Okay,
0: so we lived in Columbus, like just north of Columbus for about 12 years and mostly trestle. But then when Urban Meyer came, oh, wow. And the rivalry with Florida, like, sorry, but you guys like knocked us out a couple times. Right. Yeah. Well, we hated
1: urban Meyer. Once he went to you guys, once he went to Ohio state, then we started hating urban Meyer before that we loved urban Meyer, uh, but not (laughs) so much the way that he left Florida, but yeah. So we were, you know, huge. And we still are crazy Gator fans. And both of us ended up going to Florida and everything, but when, but the other sports I beyond football and, and we were big NFL fans too. beyond football, the other sports weren't nearly as important to either of us growing up. And so I moved to South Florida after college uh for broadcasting for for you know for sports broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And at the time I worked for uh, cbssports.com was my first job out of college, um, doing a lot of online content, a lot of online videos for them. This is kind of pre-YouTube craze, but uh, I was at the beginning of it, (laughs) but this is before it was insanely popular. It was like when it was still innovative that I was doing online videos that you could only find on the internet. Like it was crazy. My parents didn't understand it because I wasn't on TV when I first got out of college. Like, What are you talking about? You're on the internet, you know?
0: Were they like get a real job? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, get a real job. What are you talking about? You're on the internet hosting internet shows, you know? So it's funny to think about now, but so I was working at cbssports.com. And so I had moved to South Florida. Their headquarters is in randomly in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And that's what brought me to South Florida. And during okay. my time, i have been in South Florida now for about 15 years. And just during my time here and and of course, working in the sports industry, I got really tuned into the other sports and I became a huge heat fan over time. So that's something exclusive to me. I know that my family doesn't necessarily share that, but that's from my experience down here, living down here and then covering the heat for as long as I have.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I feel like I do have to go here since the timeline probably overlaps, like uh, being a lifelong NBA fan from Akron, Ohio. I will never forget watching LeBron in his white and pink, like striped shirt saying he's taking his talents to South beach because it was sort of traumatic for us you know clevelanders were you there when lebron and the super team came together what was it yes, 20 I... 2010
1: yeah. I yeah 2010 uh I, I remember well you guys burned the jerseys I was a stone I was stroke. like
0: one fan burning one yeah jersey yeah what I
1: was I was across the street from the arena I mean I lived oh, wow. at that time I lived on Biscayne in Miami I mean across wow. the street from the arena and I remember watching him make that announcement on my television i could see the arena out my window and he announced that and i didn't yeah. believe that he was coming at the yeah. time and he announced that he was taking his talents to south beach which is not south beach by the way but it's close right. enough. and it's a little closer that like <laughs> when the dolphins when there's dolphins games and they say south beach it's ridiculous because Dol- the stadium that the dolphins play in hard rock stadium so far from south beach at least the heat arena isn't that far but he said he's taking his talents to South Beach, and I could see the arena, and I knew in that instant everything Ooh. was changing around me. And you know that being in Cleveland, oh, yeah. runs coming to your town. Oh yeah, everything is changing. I mean, the lives of everybody anywhere around oh, that economy.
0: Yep, business. Your economy
1: is about to shift.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, so it goes way
1: awesome. beyond basketball. It's it's pretty incredible.
0: Well, and I, I should say, like as a Cavs fan, I was sa- I was sad to see him go. Um, I understood it from like just a career he had given us like nine of like his first eight or nine years, uh, and to play with your best buddies. Right. And the other thing too, was uh, we're from Akron. So we, we see him as a person, like as a human being who's impacted tons of lives and we were still rooting for him. Not all Clevelanders burn the jerseys, but I, but I will say this. I wanted to make sure to get your Miami perspective on the heat. So many cards, so many stars on that team right now. And, uh, uh, even as you guys talked on uh, Sports Card Investor, about Jimmy Butler. And when you mentioned him being the villain, there were so many years where, like, LeBron and Jimmy Butler clashed when it was, you know, against the Bulls, Cavs-Bulls. Well, now Jimmy, like, the finals game, season, a series he had last year was just incredible. Like, he, he took it up to another level, playing like a Hall of Famer. I'm curious what you think about Jimmy Butler and and his card values as the, like, is this another finals push for you guys and, and Jimmy?
1: I don't know. This season certainly hasn't gone as well as last season. Last season, of course, the Heat way overperformed. Nobody could have expected that. We didn't even expect them to end up in the NBA finals, if I'm completely right. really, really honest. So, I mean, they, they really overperformed last season, and they were such an incredible team in the playoffs. They're an okay team during the regular season. They're less than an okay team. This regular season. There's reasons for that, though, even though it's essentially the same team that was just in the finals and largely it's health that has been hurting them this season. So this season's a little harder to really evaluate them because they have they've been the team hardest hit in the entire NBA with coronavirus issues and coronavirus protocols. We've had a bunch of guys on the team who've had their own unofficially and it's affected everybody on the team. And they've been, you know, so different guys have been out for varying times. And then there's been a lot of injuries on this team as well. So it's been hard to evaluate the heat this season. Overall, though, so far, it's been a disappointing season. I don't know if they have enough to make that kind of run again. We're going to see because, of course, and I know you and I are going to cover it. They they made some changes here against yeah. the trade deadline. With Jimmy Butler, he, I'm not sure anybody in the NBA has turned reputation around more than jimmy butler i mean it's unbelievable now everybody always knew jimmy butler was a good player so it's not even really an on the court thing it's just he was like you mentioned always considered the villain of the nba and you always heard these stories of he doesn't get along with his teammates you know he's difficult he's he's difficult when he's uh, carl anthony towns and him hate each other you know he's difficult when he's in philadelphia and he doesn't get along with ben simmons and joe and jimmy butler just has this Difficult personality is what you would hear. And then he comes down to the heat and all of a sudden now everyone thinks of Jimmy Butler as this great teammate. And he's, he's the hardest worker in the NBA and he's this amazing teammate and everybody on this heat team loves each other, which I think it's true. And I think it's one reason that they performed so well in the bubble is because you have a team of guys who genuinely likes each other and genuinely likes hanging out. And I know that's helpful in an environment where you're stuck together, living together from once on end and you're never going home So I do think that probably helped this team with that playoff run last season, but generally he has really changed his reputation. And I think really the previous reputation was unfair. I mean, Jimmy Mm -hmm. Butler tends to be a pretty notoriously private person. And I think that people just sort of mistook some of his, some of his, uh, intensity because he's a very intense guy. He's a very intense player. He's got a big personality. And he is an incredibly hard worker. He's the dude who will be Mm -hmm. in the gym at four in the morning. And I think some people took that and ran with it as being too difficult and just being too combative. And it's probably true that that attitude doesn't work everywhere, but it certainly works in an organization down here. That's known for making guys work that extra going that extra mile work extra hard. I mean, that's what the Miami heat are known for the crazy conditioning, their body fat percentage, the insane stuff that we hear about this heat organization. And Jimmy Butler definitely fits right in down here. So he has turned things around. I think with Jimmy Butler, I mean, you mentioned the playoffs last year, you saw him take it to another level. Uh, The problem with the heat last year in the NBA finals is you didn't have Goran Dragic. He was injured. Bam was injured. I mean, you were talking about a really injured heat team and they were a game away from a game away. I mean, I do think that I'm not saying they would have yeah. won, but I think they actually would have pushed the Lakers a lot more than people oh, realized sure. they would have had they been healthy. And for that sure. has everything to do with Jimmy. You know, Jimmy's not the youngest guy in the world. He's still right now in his prime. I think we got like two years left, maybe, you know, of Jimmy's prime. Although I don't know if he starts hanging out with LeBron and do- LeBron's doctors, who knows what happens there. But
0: <laughs> Le- end his lifespan here.
1: I mean, whatever's going yeah. on with LeBron and-, and maybe Tom Brady's doctors as well, but <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, you know, realistically, you're probably talking a couple more years, you know, of of his prime here a few more years, you can tell with the moves that the heat has made that they are committed to trying to win a uh, win a championship again sooner rather than later and, and all of that would help his card value I do think. That people are starting to, of course, wake up on Jimmy Butler with this change in reputation. But I still think there's a ways to go there in terms of, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler's respect around the league. And, uh, you know, I think that he could even become more of a star in the league, especially if he was at add a, yeah. a ring.
0: when you guys added Oladipo, Jimmy was the first guy I thought of like another guy that can carry the load scoring wise, play tough defense on the wing. Like he's been in a lot of tough playoff series with the Pacers. Are you seeing Oladipo as, you know, or is there some skepticism of how will they play together?
1: Well, you just referenced it with the Pacers. I mean, if, if Victor Oladipo is 2018 Victor Oladipo, you know, you're talking an all-star player and then you're right? super stoked if you're a Heat fan. I I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get out of Oladipo. Uh, He was in in Houston. You're still talking about a player who's putting up 20 points per game. I don't have his stats in front of me. I know he was putting up over 20, though, still in Houston, but his efficiency was atrocious. And that has been declining here the last few years. He's also been dealing with the injuries. And when you're coming off that quad injury, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same player again. He's only 28. And this Heat team needs those skills that you just mentioned. (laughs) So I think what's brilliant about this trade, doing it in a trade, because we knew Victor Oladipo really wanted to come to Miami. I mean, he was flirting with the Heat so very obviously in the bubble last season. It was ridiculous. And he's been very transparent about wanting to end up with the Miami heat. It's the worst kept secret in the NBA. And so oh. why would the heat give up anything for a guy who wants to come here anyways, in free agency. And so I didn't think they were going to trade for him, but they ended up not having to really give up anything for him. You know, you give up Avery nice. Bradley, who was always injured, never played for the heat anyways, and Kelly Olynyk, and you were able to plug that hole with a trade with the Kings. So you don't really give up much. And then what you get in return is this three month window where you can evaluate Oladipo. If he's the guy you just referenced that we know that he once was, then he's going to be a huge help to this heat team. And then you can pay him in the off season and keep him around because he's 28, you know, but if he looks like he's never going to get back there, even with this heat team, that's known for, getting the best out of guys and conditioning guys and bringing guys back from difficult situations. If he should, if he's shown that he's, you know, just never going to be the same guy, then you don't necessarily pay him in the off season. You can move on to a different plan. So I think it was a brilliant move for the heat before the trade deadline. I just, I don't know what I expect from Oladipo because you know, it still remains to be seen. And we haven't even seen him down here yet. I don't know where you're posting this. So I don't want to spoiler alert. Right. Right. we haven't p- seen him down here yet uh because he's yeah. had a head cold these first uh, apparently he's had a head cold these first i know he, some heat fans think head cold is like the uh uh, uh the Rona or again? something okay it can't be corona because if it's if it's coronavirus, there'd be all sorts of you'd hear that he was in health and safety protocol. So I don't maybe think that they're being coy about, off,
0: you know, like just a break.
1: Well, some heat fans World think, break. well, maybe it's code for he's not conditioned. And that's a thing with the heat typically is like the heat will, you know, they demand like this insane level of conditioning. So sometimes they'll do that to guys where they keep them away until they're conditioned. I don't think yeah. that's the case here because they need the help. And he was yeah. playing in Houston. It's not like we're talking about a dude who wasn't playing. I mean, he took nights off in Houston. He wasn't playing back to backs because he's the guy who was battling injury, but right. he he was playing in the NBA. So I can't imagine that's honestly, it. he probably probably actually has a head cold, but we haven't seen him play yet.
0: Yeah. Well, well, Amber, <laughs> one more question about the heat and this season related to bringing Oladipo in. And I want to rope in three guys that, like, because they are they are rookies or second or third year guys, right? Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Um, did did we bring in Oladipo? Because those guys just aren't ready to shine on a nightly basis and carry the workload that would help Jimmy. Because Hero is one game he's thirty points, the next game he's eight. Same with Duncan, same with Kendrick. And and being from, like, I just often read box scores or watch SportsCenter, you know which guys, you know, are really ready to step up again or how they're doing, right, and what the rotation looks like.
1: Well, no, actually, I think you brought in Oladipo uh, for a slightly different skill set than those guys Mm -hmm. can provide. So I don't think it's really just because those guys haven't been producing. Although, you know, another shooter is is something that the team needs, especially if those guys are not going to be laid out every single night, which they haven't been this season. Duncan Robinson, you're talking about a player who was, I, I mean, he is one of the best shooters in the NBA, particularly last season. I mean, last season, there were Heat fans talking about him being better than Steph Curry. A little crazy, Yo. but you know, <laughs> fans aren't always the most rational, but he was genuinely up there in terms of numbers. If you pull his numbers from last season, he's an outside shooter. That's what he is. He's a shooter. You know, he's, he, he shoots the three that's his specialty. Yeah. When, when he gets
0: going crazy.
1: Right. Yeah. And when that's not falling and his three point percentage of course is down this season, when that's not falling, there's not a ton else to his game. Now, that's been changing some. The last couple games I've seen when we played the the Knicks um earlier this week, you know, he had I think the most complete game I've ever seen him play. So I do think he's been adding more to the other skills in terms of the aggressiveness, some rebounding, some defense. He's never going to be great in those areas, though. I mean, there's only so much. I mean, he's a three-point specialist. That's what he is, and that's what he's great at, and that's what he needs to stay great at. So, I think with Duncan Robinson, he's still a player. He's a restricted free agent this summer. He's still going to command something like fifteen million dollars a year when when it mm. comes up. I, I don't know if the Heat are going to keep him around, frankly. Um, just because I don't know if that's going to make sense for the Heat, but he has a skill set that's really valuable in 2021 in the NBA. So there's going to be a big market for him, which is why he's going to garner that kind of that kind of money on a free agent market. Uh, He's you know, he's he's he can be a really exciting player if that three is falling. And that's really what it comes down to with Duncan Robinson and. I, you know, I'm not concerned. It's not like he forgot how to shoot the basketball this season. I'm not concerned about it. It's just that he's gotten a lot of open looks. The Ball just hasn't always gone in the hoop. So
0: so, so
1: once he gets that touch back there a little bit more often, then, you know, I I think you are talking about, of course, an exciting guy in the NBA. Tyler Hero is the guy that you just listed with, uh, you know, the most upside out of those three. Tyler Hero is, I would say, already a star in the league, which is kind of bizarre because I'm not even sure you're talking about a top 50 player yet. I think ESPN yeah. had him ranked like 53 uh, in the offseason. The first 53rd best player is like 52nd or 53rd in the NBA. And it's funny because he's such a star already. And I think it's, you know, that has a lot to do with his bubbled performance in the playoffs last year. He was absolutely yeah. unbelievable. And he was doing it at 20 years old. So, of course, it has a lot to do with that. Uh, If you see that, you know where you could go. And a lot of people's minds with Tyler Hero have gone to Devin Booker. That's the most often comparison in terms of what he could become. Uh, So that is there. And the metrics will tell you, if you pull the metrics, that he's on pace to be. I mean, he could really be something special here in the league. He's young and he's still very early. You know, you're talking about a second year guy who's now only 21 years old. His numbers are down this season. He hasn't taken that next leap. Uh, And, you know, I don't exactly know why the team, like I mentioned, there's been a lot of volatility in terms of who's available. There's been tons of different rotations because of health. Tyler Hero has been dealing with injuries. Tyler's Mm -hmm. heroes, uh, Tyler heroes, injury status, a little concerning, maybe because he's had some injuries last season and this season and he's so young, Um, but you know, nothing catastrophic. He just has missed some time. And I know he's also had some coronavirus health and safety protocol stuff Mm -hmm. this season too. So his numbers are down a little bit. It's been an inconsistent season though. I think with him, it'll be more often or more interesting to see what he does in the playoffs because that's really where he was so incredible last season. He seems to really get up for that. And At 21, I think you're still really excited about the trajectory of Tyler Hero. And it seems like the Heat really coveted him. Maybe there was the rumors that the Heat wouldn't trade him for James Harden. I I don't know if I believe that because that seems crazy to me. But it seemed very legitimate that the Heat were not willing to throw him into trades like Kyle Lowry, and that's why that deal did not get done because they're like, why are we going to trade a 21-year-old who we think maybe turns into Devin Booker for a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry who's a free agent this offseason? So they were not willing to throw him in. They apparently were willing – reportedly anyways, to throw in Duncan Robinson. Um, Now, some of that's because Duncan's a restricted free agent this summer. They were willing to throw in as well, reportedly anyways, um, Kendrick Nunn, who you mentioned. And Kendrick Nunn, I think the difference between Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn, because I would argue Kendrick Nunn's season's actually better than Tyler Hero's this season. Mm -hmm. Kendrick Nunn, I think, is twenty six and that's the difference. I mean he's 26 20s not that that's not that that's particularly old but he came yes. in the league as an old rookie and he did that because he was you know he was undrafted. And now the reason that he was undrafted because Kendrick Nunn finished up rookie of the year undrafted which is pretty unbelievable and the reason that he did that is because you know he was a guy who probably should have been drafted and he had some troubles in college at some domestic violence arrest stuff and some you know some difficult stuff in his past sure. So that's kind of what ended up happening with Kendrick Nunn, and that's why he was sort of devalued um, coming out of college and spent a little bit more time there than maybe otherwise he would have. Still a really great player, just a guy who's so many years older than Tyler Hero that the upside doesn't seem, um, you know, maybe the ceiling isn't quite as high. And so that's why you don't hear his name as much. But if you pull his number, I mean, his season, he's he's had a very good season, and he's a very good player. Uh, it's just that you don't know exactly. You know, I think he's just – I think you think Kendrick Nunn, he's a good player. He was a nice find for the Heat, and he's a good player. With Tyler Hero, I think you're hoping that maybe he turns into a star or a superstar yeah. in the league.
0: Yeah, it's good to see none rebound this season after like the, the playoffs finals. He barely played until like what game five or six. Well, he had, a, yeah, he
1: had a weird season because of course he came out the first half of last season, his rookie year, and he was unbelievable. And that's where yeah. he was in the rookie of the year conversation. He really did all that before the, before the, I mean, bef- well before the four month break for coronavirus, but I was going to say before the all-star break, but before we, before the world shut down, uh, he did all of that. He started struggling At the calendar year, his numbers started taping off a little bit and then the NBA, you know, takes that break. And Kendrick Nunn had coronavirus during that time. So he was one who had apparently had a hard time bouncing back from it. He said that, you know, he was still he felt the effects of it for a while there with the breathing and whatnot. So by the time we got to the playoffs, he just was not, he was not the same dude. And we started wondering, Oh, was it just a flash in the pan? He just came out really hot because he was more ready for the NBA than, you know, these one and duns who come out, you know, because he was a little bit older coming out as a rookie and maybe that's why he was impressing us so much. But this season, he got back to that first half of last season form. So this season you saw that, no, he's actually a very good player. And, and this is why our attention was on him in the first half of the season. So it's good to see right. that. Now, the Heat, I mean, I guess they get some credit for that. But to be perfectly honest, he wasn't starting at the beginning of the season either. It was just that everybody went down and there was there was nobody else to play. And all of a sudden, he became the starter for a while because, you know, you, you got to put guys out there. Right. And we've right. had so many players missing. And then he made the most of that moment. So he has been a big piece for this team this
0: season. Okay, that's awesome. Well, it'll be fascinating to see, like, right, they're eighth in the East right now. Mm-hmm. But tied for six. There's like three three-way tie for six, seven, and eight. Anything yeah, they're really
1: like, they're like a game out of six or like five games out of like not making the playoffs or something. You know, it's such a funny, like, it's such a funny year. And every time I pull up the standings, they change. And uh, but yeah, I mean you're hoping obviously that they can be one of those six teams that doesn't have to play a plan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and if it's like last year, they get in and anything can happen. They obviously have the talent to hang with anybody. If I translate what I'm hearing from you into cards. It Mm -hmm. sounds like you are saying buy Jimmy Butler because he's hall of fame bound. It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of what is the next, what are the next few years look like? Will there be a championship? We hope right. Or you do. Um, Yeah. Well, of course I I I hope hope. yes. And,
1: And if you're investing in his card, maybe you hope that he at least gets close to one again or that he wins one as long as it's not against your team. Yeah. I think that there's still upside with Jimmy Butler. I just think he's one of those guys. I mean, right now he's, you know, maybe he's definitely a top 15 player in the league. Um, You know, I do think you're talking about a dude who's really well-respected around the league, a guy we haven't talked about who I should mention in terms of cards is I think actually the person on the heat with the biggest upside is Bam. Yeah. And Bam Adebayo, and I know you haven't mentioned him yet, and maybe you were going to get there. But, um, you know, I think Bam is a guy who's, you know, pretty neck and neck with Jimmy in terms of, like, where he's at in the NBA. It's weird because neither of those guys are all-stars this season. But, again, this has been a weird season where they both missed a ton of time. Right. Jimmy Butler missed a ton of time this season. That's why he wasn't an all-star this season. That's the only reason. Yeah. But with Bam, I think you're talking about a player who is – instead of, like, Tyler, it's, like, a huge question mark. Maybe he'll be a star. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just be an okay yeah, player. Yeah, sure know. thing. And with Bam, it's a sure, it's a, it is a sure thing. I'm telling you, that dude is a top ten player in the NBA in the next couple of years. That dude looks like Giannis with a lot of his skill set already. His NBA career. Did I'm telling not just you, say that. That dude is the real deal <laughs> I, in Bam. So right. he's the card I would invest in the most.
0: I think it's funny in his class, like everybody's, everybody looks at Jason Tatum. I, I mean, for good reason, like the bigger names. But Bam is all around. Um solid, you know, like you said, he he's a star already and uh, he's still super young. So. Right. And he
1: wasn't drafted as high as those guys. So it makes sense that the attentions on those guys and Jason Tatum's, you know, he's, he's, I really like Jason Tatum. he's incredible. Even the Boston is a dumpster fire right now, but uh, you know, he's a great player not to take anything away there. I just think bam, because he, you know, he wasn't drafted as high and he's coming in and their expectations were different and and it took him, you know, the first couple of years of his NBA career, he was quiet. He, he You know, he's had a little quiet come up here and the attention hasn't been there. I think that's been good for him. And now he's definitely yeah. a, a bonafide number two next to Jimmy. I mean, he is the other star in this Miami Heat team. He's really well respected around the league. I don't know if he's a household yeah. name. I, you know, I don't know if you go to, you know, some some random sort of NBA fan on the street and you ask them outside of Miami about Bam Adebayo and they necessarily have much to say. But in the NBA, there's not a player in the NBA, I don't think, that that wouldn't be praising him or a coach in the NBA. I know people inside the NBA are super high in the sky and so are NBA experts.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he checks all the boxes. And like I said, some of the number crunching I did, like his assists. Steals, blocks. He does everything. Anyway, impressive for such a young player. Amber, thank you so much for like your passion for the NBA and for like sports card investors. Um, Just, just love the, um, just your insight and sometimes your insider perspective. Like I totally would not have put together the thing about the way the inconsistencies or or players getting sick or like the way the season started for the heat. I would not have connected that. You know what I'm saying? Like you, Mm -hmm. you have a perspective there that I think anyway and also as a fan you can tell you get you get pumped up so you might say all these heat guys are buys right now especially (laughs) with the market down I don't know I mean I'm not I didn't bring up uh, a lot of specifics about cards but uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch how the heat finish and uh, to listen to you guys every week on Sports Card Investor what's the best way for us to follow you and just to connect with what you guys do?
1: Well, you can follow me on social media at AmberW790. 790 The Ticket is the station that I do. The Midday Show, 10 to 2, every day That's Eastern. That's the
0: Zazlo and Amber.
1: That's the Zaslow and Amber Show, sure. 790 yeah. The Ticket. It's a Miami station. You can find it on the Odyssey app. And we do it uh, 10 to 2 Monday through Friday. I also do ESPN radio on the weekends quite a bit nationally. And you can, of course, find us at Sports Card Investor. I host a show every Thursday called The Forecast, where I give you four cards of people who i think of guys who i think are you know have uh, might be
0: not just miami you know, heat players not like just miami diversify. heat oh i do
1: everything we even soccer. soccer we people. do whatever the four cards are that we think that kind of the attention that right. things are heating up here and that this this is where your attention needs to be so we give you a little bit of forecast there and of course sports card investor generally has a ton of content all week long on its YouTube channel. It also has the Market Movers app, which is the best app in the game. I mean, it's it's the only one of its kind where you can get all of your card value information. So any of the guys I talked about today, mm-hmm. you go to Market Movers, They'll tell you where Bam's card's been for the last three months, for the last year, and from the start of his NBA career. And you can kind of see what the trends are and where things are going. Same with any of these guys I just mentioned, or basically anybody else in the NBA or beyond. So I, it's a I really, really that. cool thing.
0: We, we need that too, because as fans, I can so easily watch a highlight of Bam and be like, oh, I got to buy a card, and not realize it might be the worst card at the worst time. But mm-hmm. to have like some of that research anyway. So thank you so much for everything you do and thank you for giving us an extra like 40 minutes or whatever it's been <laughs> after talking for four hours already today on, uh, on radio oh, wow. in Miami, Amber, it's been a thrill to have you here with us on hoops and cards and, uh, yeah, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. You just exude joy and, uh. You're sharpening. You're helping others of us along the way, in whether it's collecting, investing, or just just following a game we love. So thank you well,
1: thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. I love this stuff. This is, of course, what I'm passionate about. Uh, it's not just it's not just work for me. so it's been it's been a lot of fun. And thanks so much for having me here. And happy investing to everybody. <laughs>
0: Hey everybody, that was that was so much fun. I'm not a Miami Heat fan, but so many great players to watch. And Amber gave us a lot of good insight and just just energy around their playoff push. So exciting, and definitely check out Sports Card Investor, uh, all of the things they do. I, I'm a regular listener to the podcast. I use the Discord in the community, and of course, Market Movers. Yeah, they just offer so much, helping advance the hobby, helping us as investors and collectors. And you can tell they just love what they're doing. Uh, she just excited to talk sports for I don't know how many hours today. So grateful that, uh, that she came on Hoops and Cards podcast. Glad that you are listening from wherever you're at. And thanks for uh, listening and learning along with us as a community. No matter where you're at in the hobby, I hope this is helping you collect and invest and, and just advance your basketball card adventure as well. So, hey, stay with us. Subscribe, like, add Hoops and Cards on Instagram, hoopsandcardspodcast at gmail.com. Let, let's hear from you. What questions, what guests, what ideas would you have? I got some exciting things coming up these next few episodes as well. So, so let's connect, all right? Hoops and Cards, have a great week. See ya.